Do you wish you could operate more strategically? Has your boss ever said that you need to be more strategic? Or have you ever wondered what on earth it even means to be strategic? Welcome to The Strategic Leader, the podcast that helps you to be naturally strategic with me, Gemma Bullivant, and my co-host, Fiona Craig. Strategy has become over-engineered and over-complicated to the point many of us think it's something far too clever or complex to ever master, but this is simply untrue and we'll explore why. We'll demystify strategy, share practical tips to enable you to be naturally more strategic, to operate with more impact and sit at the top table with confidence. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast with me, Gemma Bullivant, and my co-host, Fiona Craig. Hello. Hi there, Fiona. Today, we're going to talk about how to create a strategy in really simple terms. We're going to be looking at the key components of a strategy. We're going to look at how to put that together, how to differentiate a strategy to an action plan, and how to make sure that what is in our strategy is aligned to the overall goals of the business. I think that's a great place to start, Jen, because um, there is a big difference between a strategic plan and a list of actions. And I think it's something we've all come a cropper with sometimes when we think we presented someone with a strategy or they're expecting a strategy. What we've actually done is a list of actions and then that can not be what's desired. And it also doesn't necessarily make us look like we know what we're talking about from a strategic perspective. Yes. And when we when we were talking in the previous episode about strategic thinking and the three component parts to that, we were really talking about focusing on why something is particularly important. And an action plan doesn't necessarily articulate why we're doing what we're doing. Absolutely. An action plan is, is effectively a list of tasks. Perhaps it's prioritised, no doubt very important, but if we haven't actually articulated why they're important, then perhaps we're not actually doing that in a strategic a way as we as we could. And it helps us to sort of tap into why it is important to do that list of activities and what is it going to achieve. And then we can also tap into the time frame that we might th- consider being appropriate for those activities and seeing the benefit of those activities, which is the, uh, one of the other components of strategic thinking. So do we imagine, therefore, that uh, a, str- a strategic plan or a strategy is a huge and complex document? Quite the reverse. <gasps> I, <don't laughs> <say that. laughs> I think this is where a lot of strategies really come unstuck. And I also secretly suspect that this is why some people have a bit of an allergic reaction to strategy. Because they either imagine it's got to be something incredibly complex, super long, complicated diagram of of PowerPoints and different kind of, you know, long words pieced together. And actually, what it needs to be is simple, succinct, something that somebody can pick up 
and first of all understand, understand. and then yes. Yes. <laughs> and then feel motivated and energized by that that it actually speaks to what we need to do next and why absolutely that I, that idea about a strategic i always think about a strategic one pager we yes. should be able to articulate the strategy in one page now you may have written a bazillion pages and diagrams and powerpoints and excels and whatnot in order to get to your one page but the actual strategy itself should be able to live on one page and i love a one pager oh i love a one pager and i also think your point about energizing people to know what to do with it the strategy should tell you what to do next it should be useful i think we've all come across this idea of Oh, a strategy, sort of very well writing a strategy. It just sits in a drawer or sits in a PowerPoint. Nobody ever looks at it. Yeah, that's why we want it to be as succinct, as short, as understandable, as straightforward as possible. The thinking behind it may be very sophisticated. In order for that to be useful and to use that strategic document, it wants to be super concise. And uh, yeah, that's what we're looking for, isn't it? Is the kind Absolutely. of thing that can be expressed ultimately on one page. Yes, it needs to be concise. It needs to be clear and unambiguous. Ooh, I like that. So in order for the, the strategy to really kind of pull its weight, there needs to be language in it that is clear and un, un, unambiguous to pretty much anybody that reads it. Let's get away from this idea that there need to be lots of professional sounding corporate sophisticated language it needs to actually be something that perhaps even a child could pick up and and understand Mm. it's that idea of if you can't explain it it's too complicated absolutely you should be able to explain it to your granny someone said to me I was a planner in an advertising agency and a planner is quite a strategic role and they said the job of a planner is not to be clever but it's to be useful so I think if we can get ourselves in the headspace of this you probably are going to have to do some serious brain work to get to a good strategy. Mm. But the purpose of it is to be useful. It is not to impress people and show how clever you are. And I think sometimes that's where we can fall short when we look at other people, think that, oh gosh, you have to be super clever to be strategic. No, you have to be, you have to end up with something that is usable, is useful, it's clear and ambiguous. I can actually do something with this. And I sometimes use either one of two metaphors, either imagine you're in a room with a whiteboard and a whiteboard pen. Can you actually explain the key components of your strategic approach with only a whiteboard and a a whiteboard pen? You've got no access to PowerPoint. You've got no access to documents, but you need to somehow be able to articulate the key aspects of it. An alternative version of that is, the CEO corners you in the lift in a non in a non confrontational <laughs> way, <laughs> but effectively the th- that thirty second rule. Can you explain the key points yeah. of the strategy to somebody in a lift in thirty seconds? If either of those metaphors resonates for you, the idea is the same, which is it has to be simple enough and succinct enough that you can do you can you can explain it in either of those scenarios in a way that can be understood of course like you said there will be sophisticated action plans and doc you know kind of roadmaps and so on that might sit behind that it is not as straightforward as saying i'm going to deliver x by y 
but the actual document needs to be easy enough to to articulate the key focus areas and i think that's um that to go back to where we started that's the difference between a strategy and an action plan a strategy you can explain in one or two sentences yes. in 30 seconds or on a whiteboard an action plan you can't it's yes. it's it's a list of things which you can't easily summarize exactly because so, a strategy document is effectively a north star it's ooh, your it's your guiding north star yeah it's your north star it's your guiding principles it's some of it going back to that idea of purpose and why and where are we going mm-hmm. it's that it's that idea that we are focusing on our talent pipeline this is our guiding principle in this in this particular HR strategy is to really think about the talent in the organization. Not because that's just generally a good thing to do, mm-hmm. but because in this organization, we've already identified that it's really important that we nurture our talent within because there's hardly any of that kind of talent in the external market. So we have to really focus our energy, our time, our investment on actual kind of an internal talent pipeline. That could be an example. The the North Star principle is that that's one of the things that you would draw up on that on that whiteboard. Talent. Talent is one of the key things that we need to get right in this organization in order to, to be successful. It's going to stay relevant for one to three years as a guiding principle. Your actions that sit behind that might and will refresh regularly, but your guiding principle is a bit of a longer lasting than that because your strategy needs to take you somewhere over a, a longer time frame. And it's going to steer some of your other activity like that kind of North Star idea. It's going to actually kind of say, okay, so we need to make sure that the other things that are going on are also going to support that talent pipeline. So what we've got there is a couple of ideas around the strategy being something that stays put, even though the actions underneath it will be constantly Mm. churning and changing. And then also something that helps shape what those actions actually are and why those actions actually are. I think so, yes. So what you might end up with is a one pager that has four or five key focus areas, pillars, if you like, of, of focus one, as I've mentioned, might be talent. And then what sits behind the strategy are the things that you're going to do in relation to talent that are going to achieve your stated kind of vision, the future that you want to create in terms of talent and why that's important. So your one pager will have the aspects of talent that you want to focus on, what that's going to look like in the future, It's not necessarily where you are now, but it's what you want it to look like in the future. And perhaps two or three key kind of broad areas that you might focus on, like talent pipeline or career pathing or linking a career path to pay or something like that, that just sort of is a a topic, but you're still going to have actions that sit behind even those sort of top line topics. So that's a sort of a, I think, a bit of a, a starting point for me is just thinking about the longevity of the document and what it's there to do. It's there to guide the, the what eventually goes onto your action plan. And so is it worth talking about where you're, if we're thinking about an HR strategy, where does that HR strategy 
come from. I talk mm. about strategy a lot as as anchoring off something else. Like mm. it's like you know, there's monkeys that hang off each other. <laughs> there's a kids game, isn't there? We hang the monkeys off each other. And I think strategy is a little bit like that. So you have at the top some kind of overarching organizational strategy. And because the business is heading in that direction, let's say, for example, the business is focusing on, on growth as opposed to maturity and development, let's say it's in a high growth period, because we are in a high, organizationally, we're in a high growth period, therefore it requires a certain kind of HR strategy. Mm. So that is the why behind, okay, so why are we focusing on these kinds of roles? Or why are we focusing on internal recruitment? Or why are we focusing on this kind of recruitment process? Because we're in a period of high growth at an organizational level. And Mm. therefore our HR strategy anchors off the overarching business. Yes. Yes. And I always come to this from the perspective of what is the overarching business objective or the overarching business strategy? Is there a statement that you've already identified within the business or you've already articulated within the business across the the leadership team that kind of summarizes what the business is there to do, where it's going? Not so much what it does, yeah. Not the sort of the function of the business, not the market it operates in, nothing too descriptive. It's got to be the aspirational statement that's come out of that leadership uh, group. And you might be a part of that leadership group or you might be kind of working with things that are created by that leadership group. But what is the direction of travel that has been articulated by that group? Because that will then inform how the people strategy that sits in support of that needs to really, as you say, anchor from, hang that monkey into the relevant parts of that strategy. So if that business strategy is saying we are diversifying, we're going into new geographies, or we're acquiring new businesses, that's go- they're going to all create very different needs to if that business strategy is saying we are consolidating or we are cutting back or we're cost cutting or we need to reach a certain level of maturity in order to then be ready for the next phase. There's also some subtleties in in the business aspirations that are really good to watch out for. Things like we take a sustainable approach to our growth that's something I've seen before. Now, when you when you see the words like sustainable approach, that, that gives you a clue that the business wants to grow, but comfortably grow, not go health or leather and bring in as many people as you can and just fill bums on seats. It wants to do it in a way that's in keeping with mm with other aspects of growth. So it's not just about growth, but it's the type of growth um, that, that is really interesting to understand because that's going to make the difference between perhaps dialing up. If you're in a s- sustainable growth, you might be dialing up management capability. You might be dialing up ele- learning and development. You might be dialing up some of the kind of the infrastructure that sits around the new new hires and onboarding and so on. If you're in a, we absolutely have to be fully operational in X territory by quarter three, come what may, you're basically going to have to do some shortcuts to get to make that happen and then do some catch up after that. So there's, there's also the nuances of types of activity to really consider. And I think you tap into a really important thing there around nuances and the language that's used, for example, sustainable growth. 
in a strategy, because we've talked about a strategy being ultimately a one pager or as short and concise and understandable as possible. If there is anything on there that you don't get, like I, I like to go through a strategy document and go, what do you mean by sustainable? What do you mean by growth? What do you mean by geographies? What do you mean by fully functional? And challenge that strategy because ideally each one of those words will have some thoughts behind it. What do we mean by sustainable? Okay, so that we that we are running at a certain cost level or that we can therefore grow now and we don't have to, we don't we want to minimise our churn, for example. That's mm. what we mean by sustainable. Um, so understanding any of those nuances, is a, it's a great uh, thing to be able to challenge that what do we mean by sustainable because mm. it will influence what I do what do we mean by new geographies how many are we talking about what parts of the world are we talking about how different are they what are they going to require so challenging the business strategy making sure you understand every word in it so that you can then create mm. your HR strategy and let's not forget the same applies to a marketing strategy that has to anchor off the overall business strategy a technology strategy will have to anchor off the overall business strategy so everybody across the business is doing the same thing they all have to start in the same place mm. in order for all to pull in the same direction yes and that we don't have marketing going one way people going another way or tech or sales all pulling in different directions yes we won't get where we where we won't get where we're trying to get to absolutely and just like all of those functional areas are incredibly diverse so too is is hr and it can be really overwhelming because i mean i could probably reel off 12 possible pillars of focus that an hr strategy might contain because you know we can think of the really obvious ones like recruitment reward L&D, but there are so many others. There's operations, there's employee relations, there's culture, there's engagement, there's performance, and, and so on and so on. And I just want to interrupt here, if I may, because yeah. what you're saying is is a brilliant uh, example of one of my, again, I've got lots of favourite strategy quotes, but one of my favourite strategy quotes is, the essence of strategy is choosing what not to do. Yes. So yes, you're saying, you're saying you've got 12 or more pillars of things that we could focus on. Uh, it's the same with priorities. We shouldn't have too many priorities because otherwise they won't get done. It's around saying this season, this year, this quarter, whatever it is, we're focusing on A, B and C, and we're not focusing on D, E and F. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is one of the important, couldn't they? But we're saying right now, these ones are the most important. Exactly. Because if we just go at something from a pure action plan and to-do list perspective, we end up with masses to do. And what we need is a very highly focused, highly prioritized to-do list. And the wherewithal, the, I guess, justification, the, the, the reason why certain things that might be good to do in an ideal world or with unlimited resources we're just deciding not to do right now because yeah. it isn't part of our strategic direction. It's a brilliant, that's a, yeah. a, a, a brilliant example. So when we're thinking about this, the other thing that comes to my mind is the idea of a strategy, not just being your North Star, your guiding principle, but it also kind of kind of holds you. I mean, I, you've used the term anchor in terms of anchoring onto a business strategy. I also think of it in terms of, you know, anchoring you and your team within the, that kind of that busyness. 
when times are a bit tough or it feels like there's a lot to do, that actually the anchor of having something that kind of reminds you of its importance, of where it's going to get you to, of what the benefit is going to be, can really help you to hold steady in those tricky times. Yeah. I mean, how many people had just, you know, a to-do list never dies it's like the bottom of a washing basket isn't it that just doesn't <laughs> the bottom of your to-do list so there'll always be stuff that you could do yeah being able to say what is the most important thing that I could do right now yeah. is a hugely helpful thing to be able to do and one of the kind of daily disciplines of a strategic leader is someone who can say right what is the most important thing that I could do today and you need a strategy in order to give you the answer to that question yes because it really helps you to prioritize, to stay focused, and to actually get an action workflow, an action plan that sometimes we mistake for a strategy, but get the right one with the right things on there because we know what they're, they're all there to do and to achieve. So you could have a to do list that was full of fabulous actions, like a wish list of, yes, of course, it will be amazing to do all of these things. But only some of those things are going to be aligned with the strategic, mm-hmm. the strategic purpose of the uh, of the team, mm-hmm. and then higher than that, the strategic objective of the business. Mm-hmm. So again, it's about what suddenly becomes more important, and what are we not going to do because we can't do everything. Absolutely. And going back to that idea of being in a room with a whiteboard and a pen in your hand, imagine the power of just being able to draw four or five boxes up on that whiteboard with four of you know with the four or five key focus areas mm-hmm. that are in your strategy for the coming 12 to 24 months so call it a people strategy that you can actually articulate that of all of the things that we could be doing within our kind of world of HR and people or whether it's marketing and technology or, or the other functional areas these are the ones that we've identified are going to be the most pivotal business levers to get us to the overall business objective. Because the overall business objective is a stated intention and therefore everybody in the business needs to be working towards delivering that overall objective. So on a very simple one-pager basis, you've got the business objective at the top, You've got what that might be translated into in terms of a similar statement that's going to be in support of that, but specifically for your functional area. So like in the case of HR, it might be talking about how people might be supported and encouraged to deliver that strategy or what areas are key um, in terms of what what your future vision is for people uh, and the and the and the people agenda within the business. So you've got a second statement there. Then you've got four or five key focus areas. They're your topical areas like talent, recruitment, reward, etc. Yeah. And then some future f- focused statements of intent for each of those four or five boxes. Yeah. Where are we trying to get to? Where are we trying to get to? What are the key, perhaps, headline activities that might sit Mm -hmm. underneath each of those boxes? That is your one pager. And I can already see how breaking it down like that from overall business strategy to function strategy, like, for example, HR department, down to individual team 
strategy within that would give individuals a sense of how does what I'm doing today ladder up to the overall purpose mm. and direction of travel for this organization. And we know that um, a sense of purpose is one of the key elements of motivation. That comes from Dan Pink's work from his book, Drive, that a sense of purpose and kind of understanding why are we doing what we're doing? Why does this organization exist? What what am I contributing to the bigger picture? Mm. These are really important things for individuals uh, in terms of fueling their motivation. So uh, there, there are all kinds of associated benefits with being really clear about what that strategy is because it can help people recognize the value in what they're doing that day even though what they're doing might be a teeny weeny part of the overall business strategy they can still see oh I can see that that fits in with our team strategy that fits with our functional strategy and that fits with our business strategy um yeah it's the Russian dolls kind of thing isn't it it is and so that means to go back to what we said right at the start the document needs to be really accessible, really straightforward, really simple to understand, really unambiguous. We need to be using language that is is clear and clean and isn't full of ambiguous words that you need to start kind of understanding better than lots and lots more questions. It needs to somewhat speak for itself without too much clarification from the person that's written it. And I think you know when you've got that right, because you will hear people using the language from that one pager in everyday Mm. conversation. So to go back to the example about sustainable growth, you'll hear people in their everyday life talking about some initiative or some project or piece of work that's on their desk. And you'll go, well, you know, because we're actually after sustainable growth, I'm going to go with option A rather than option B, because that gives us that is a more sustainable route, mm. or I know it's a bit more expensive, but it uh, it ticks the sustainable growth box. The language that's in it, you talked about nuance earlier on, that language will find its way into everyday life. And mm. that's when you know that you've got that one page right when people actually start to use it and you can hear it cropping up. Mm. So I'm hopeful that in articulating it in those terms, thinking about the document as being far more simplistic than sophisticated. Yes, I think that's that, really important. Yeah. Yes, and that it doesn't need to say everything no. about what's happening. In fact, the more you do that, the more complicated it gets and the more difficult it gets for people to then remember. For something that you can actually just say to somebody off the cuff in the lift mm-hmm. in in a room with a with a whiteboard pen, however how that scenario presents itself that you can actually articulate the main points of it in that way. And so sometimes what I do when I'm coaching clients is is kind of just sort of say, right, step away from the notepad, step away from the screen or whatever it is, and just tell me in your own words what are the three or four most important things to focus on. Because if you tell me in your own words, the chances are you're going to tell me in the language that actually is ultimately what's going to go in the document. But the moment you try and say it in a strategic document kind of style. <laughs> and we try and do strategy speak. We clam up, don't we? Yeah, it kind of completely clam up. So rubbish. Yes. And people don't understand it. And they might be impressed, but they won't find it useful. They'll kind of go, oh, what does that mean? But yeah. And then that's not helpful. 
Yes. And, you know, there's so many questions we're armed with as coaches in terms of actually opening up different kind of answers. But how would you describe this company to a candidate that you are recruiting? Because really what I want to know is what's this company like? Mm -hmm. I don't want the commercial technical answer of Mm -hmm. what you do. I want the, the strategic answer, which is what kind of business is this? Asking a question and then maybe asking that question in a different way if the answer isn't quite kind of what driving at what you need. Because if you remember when I said earlier, that statement at the top from the business strategy is not the functional what we do as a business. Yeah. It is the what we are here to achieve mm-hmm. and where we want to be in the future. That's the statement we need to extract from the, the executive if it isn't forthcoming that's what you need to then hook your strategy to not what you do as a business and I love your idea about you know the whiteboard idea and having something in the room I mean obviously we could well be online but it makes no difference to point to while you're having conversations I love the idea of having something to point to when you're talking Mm. about how how a piece of work is going to go or how we're going to do something if we can point to something that says how does this deliver sustainable growth or how does this deliver fast paced growth in Mm. geography X Mm. Um, having the strategy in the room with us. And a question that's really interesting to ask a group of, well, a a group of any, a team of anyone uh, either, you know, when you're working on a piece of work is what is the most important thing here? Mm. See if they come out with the same answer because, you know, ideally it would be, oh, well, the most important thing is sustainable growth because that's our, you know, that's our overall strategy. But if somebody says, oh, our most important thing is cost saving or our most important thing is recruiting from within, they might be on a different page. They might not have understood the strategy. So just trying to get people fully aligned in in a meeting on a project team that's a great Mm. question to ask and it does bring the strategy in which is ultimately what are we here to do Mm. and that that raises up the conversation from what are we here to do we're here to uh, sign off the uh, quote for x and brief y to team x it's about well let's layer it up what's the next layer up what Mm. are we here okay we're here to deliver sustainable growth great therefore then my actions then will fall out of that because I'll be reminded of of where I'm actually trying to get to. Yes. And I think that's an excellent example to close on because what that really does is it demonstrates the power of simplicity. Yes. What is the most important thing here is such a powerful question. And it's a very strategic question to be asking. And it it distills all the complexities of these big, long strategic documents down to its most important component parts. Because if you can get a distilled answer to that question, you have something very simple, very unambiguous and very easy to work around with all the other things that you need to do with it. And that's an excellent principle to have in your strategic toolkit. And I think it also points very comfortably to a future episode where we can talk about how to demonstrate that you're thinking strategically and questions like that Mm. that raise the conversation up is one of the brilliant ways of doing it. But we'll talk about that in a future episode. Well, that seems like an excellent place for us to close today's podcast. Still lots for us to talk about and I'm looking forward to more engaging conversations. Thanks, Fiona. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Jem. And thank you, everybody, for listening.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Strategic Leader. If you liked the episode, please subscribe to access more of our recordings. And if you think it'd be useful for someone else, please forward to them and leave a review. We base our content on questions we are regularly asked and what you want to know more about. So please do email us with any questions or comments to Gemma at gemmabullivant.co.uk. And remember, you're already being more strategic than you realise.